0: A podcast 1 production
1: The Health Hacker with Adam McDougal Yeah, this is the Health Hacker with Adam McDougal and Adam is a health and fitness economist. He breaks down a topic by analyzing all of the info available. He saves you the reading, he does it himself, and he reveals a lot of secrets, shortcuts, tips to make achieving health in happiness and performance easy and doable. I'm Alex Adams producer and I act as a voice of the people. I ask questions, apply these hacks into my life and I report back to Adam and Adam. This is part two of the top six hacks to getting rid of belly fat in episode one. If you haven't heard it yet, we went through how to relax the foods we should avoid, foods we should start eating, and of course, the importance of sleep. Now, if you haven't heard that episode, please pause this, go back and listen to part one. That will set you up to understanding these next three hacks because we also explain what type of fat is in your stomach because there's two types and also how chemicals and other reactions can affect the way that you can cause inflammation and help you reduce the stomach. And like, you know, there's a lot of information in there. So go back and listen to that. In part 2, mate, we're going to go through the next 3 hacks and I'm excited to these because in the first episode, we didn't even go outside yet. It was all about just sleeping and relaxing. <laughs> now we're actually going to go and do some moving. And this all comes back to moving like our ancestors, which is hack number four. And I love this because this breaks down into a lot of areas.
0: It certainly does. And you know, it's it's really interesting. If you have a look back at how our ancestors lived, you know, it's a real blueprint for how we should live today. So our ancestors didn't spend all this time on cross trainers or uh, elliptic trainers or hours in the gym and then go sit on their asses all day and shovel processes Uh, Sugars into their bodies, they actually, on average, just walked. You know, that was the best form of exercise for our ancestors. On average, they'd walk two hours a day. So a lot of people are wondering, you know, why, you know, there's such a, a increase in all these diseases and whatnot, because we're not providing oxygen to our body and we're just not moving. Simply exercise has become a chore, something that we fear, something that's perceived as, you know, something that should be really hard and, and, you know, not fun. But the reality is, is that we just need to have more play in our lives. We need to just move, get outside and enjoy the sunlight and, and play with our kids and, you know, walk to the shops, um, you know, w- walk up the stairs instead of taking the elevator. So, you know, move like our ancestors. That's what I'm applauding everyone to do today to get rid of that belly fat is try to walk more. And when you have a look at it, you know, two hours a day, um might be a big stretch for somebody but just start off small you know go buy yourself a fitness tracker we know that they can be inaccurate a lot of the time but the reality is what gets measured gets done so go out today and buy yourself something that can count your steps and challenge yourself because we know that when you have some sort of feedback and even better mate that you're going to you know get so many steps by the end of the week or otherwise you're going to shout him a free pub lunch that's probably the best way to hold yourself accountable but Alex if you really want to hack into walking that's what we're here to do hack into the secrets everyone Really focus on when you walk. The timing of when you walk is actually really, really important. So, you know, it's all good and well to walk in the morning um, on an empty stomach, and that's really, really good because what that teaches your body to do firstly is use stored fat as energy. So we're so used to these days about, you know, filling our bodies up with cereals or orange juices, all these processed carbohydrates, and then starting our day and starting to move Then All that happens then is we just break down the energy out of that food that we've just eaten, and we use that as the energy to move. But when you teach your body how to go for periods without food, which we spoke about in the first episode of how to lose the belly, so intermediate fasting and time-restricted eating, it forces your body to learn how to use stored fat as energy. Now, this is the key. So if you can get up and exercise on an empty stomach, this is going to teach your body how to use stored fat as energy. But also walking after you've just eaten a meal, which is fascinating. So it turns out, That you can improve your blood sensitivity levels um, and your glycemic variability by just walking after you eat a meal. Now, you have a look at some of the blue zones I went to um, in our holiday period. This is one of the habits of people that lived past 100, is that they would, you know, whether it was in Italy or whether it was in Greece uh, or in Japan, a lot of these cultures, when they have their meal, they don't sit. They actually get up and go for a walk for 10 to 15 minutes. And what this allows your body to do is utilize the, the meal that you just had more effectively. It controls your blood sugar levels. So you, the food that you've just eaten is used for energy and stored in muscles rather than fat. And it also reduces the amount of inflammation and it helps with digestion. So the timing of your walk is so important. And as you remember
1: from part one of how to lose a belly fat episode reducing inflammation is really important so we want to start to exercise like our ancestors and average of 2 hours of walking a day and that breaks down into two areas a walk first in the morning or not not like a few hours after straight after you finish dinner go for a nice long stroll and that will really help you reduce the uh, belly fat growing <laughs> growing on you the other thing we want to do is exercise like our ancestors after we learn about walking is 10 minutes at least of high intensity exercise. So we've learned how to walk, Adam. Let's look into the intense exercise to reduce the belly fat.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. So our ancestors obviously, you know, were, were predominantly hunter and gatherers and they walked for long periods of, of time and, you know, they would get up early in the morning. They wouldn't eat early. You know, they'd actually go and gather some food or, or whatever to uh, give them some energy for the day ahead of their hunt. But, um, you know, the key was the intensity of the exercise. They didn't do a huge amount of intense exercise. They might've ran away or chased something or dug holes. But on average, they were saying it was roughly between 10 and 15 minutes a day, if you average it out, of intense exercise. Now, th- this is really, really interesting because the intense exercise has so many benefits, which we are now starting to learn about. For example, we know that belly fat, for example, is far more responsive than subcutaneous fat, good fat, in helping the hormones that cause our bodies to burn fat than any other type of exercise. So slow, continuous exercise where you go for a jog or a bike ride or whatever, essentially, you know, within 30 minutes of doing that exercise, your body stops burning calories. And in actual fact, Alex, if you actually do it for too long, we now know that your body can release cortisol, which – heightens your body's ability to store body fat as well and it causes you to overcompensate when you eat it increases the hunger hormones as well so these guys that are going out and pounding the pavement going for an hour run or whatever are actually setting themselves up for failure because they're coming back in after they've gone for the hour run and they're probably ripping the fridge door off and downing twice as many calories you know in, in the next 20 minutes then they just burn off and they're also moving less throughout the day and they're increasing their cortisol levels so the key to efficient exercise hacking exercise is doing short sharp intense exercise so things like going for a quick run on the spot for 20 seconds then having a short break but what's even more exciting Alex is that they have found that you can actually combine some of your favorite cardio work with this high intensity interval based training so instead of just going for a long slow bike ride do a 30 second sprint on the bike then get off the bike and do some body weight squats or some push-ups, and then you can flip it around and do some squats, and then get back on the exercise bike and pedal as fast as you can, or run on the spot. They call this concurrent training, where you're putting basically aerobic and anaerobic types of training back to back. So strength exercise with, um, you know, aerobic type exercise, and what this seems to do is have this double-edged benefit over just exercising in isolation, which is really really interesting. So it's something I always do myself. And it's really great, Alex, because a study showing shown how effective this is. There was two groups of people. One group just did slow, steady-state training three times a week, and another group just added in one high-intensity session a week, which involved this concurrent training. And Alex, the results speak for themselves. The group that just threw in one high-intensity exercise session a week compared to just doing three steady-state sessions actually increased their fat-burning weight loss around their stomach by 48% more.
1: That is a huge amount of difference. And that was over eight weeks. I remember you explaining to that to me. So... To recap on that, there's a lot of information in there. Is that we want to do some walking to get yourself, you know, in the morning, in the afternoon, uh, straight after you eat. That's really good. When we get to the high intensity exercise, rather than just doing like a lot of pull ups and push ups with resistance training or doing aerobic stuff, combining the two is where you get the biggest bang for your buck. So do some. S- skipping, then with squats, and then do some running on the spot, and then do your pull-ups. Is that what you're saying the best and most effective way of doing high-intensity exercise is? It's the resistance and the aerobic combined together.
0: It certainly is, because it produces you know, these, these hormones that actually burn fat. And we've got to remember too, that exercise isn't just beneficial when you do it, it's afterwards as well. And so that afterburn effect that we call in exercise science, where once you've finished exercising, what are your hormones doing? What is your body doing? After you finished exercising, is it still burning fat several hours later? As we know, when we do steady state training, essentially when you finish it, your body goes back to its normal state. Whereas when you're frailed in a, a state of chaos, which I call these sessions, metabolic madness sessions, where I, th- this is how I work out, you know, twice a week, I'll just do this where I'll sprint on the spot for 20 seconds and then I'll do squats for 30 seconds and then I'll have a 30 second break and then I might skip for 30 seconds and then I might then do as many push-ups as I can. And I do that, you know, for the 10 minutes. And, you know, we now know that our ancestors, you know, would sprint in short bursts that also lift stuff that was heavy from time to time, which really is important as well, because it increases our insulin sensitivity. Um, which 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 makes our muscles absorb more of the carbohydrates that, that we eat and utilize our food more effectively. So combining the benefits of high intensity exercise with some resistance work is the sweet spot when it comes to losing that belly.
1: Hack number five, Adam, seems completely counterintuitive because you've written down here, eat fat to lose fat.
0: I have. And yes, I want you to know your fats as eating the right types of fat is the key here. You know, For years and years, we've been lied to they bullshitted to us for years about the food pyramid, about eating all these carbohydrates. And, you know, low fat was the way to go. If you, you cast your mind back, you know, to the 80s, you know, it was all low fat. What did they, they replace the fat with? Sugar. And we now know what sugar does to us. It's the biggest cause of all disease in our society because it causes inflammation and it throws our hormones out, namely insulin. So we now know that we were lied to. So what did they do? The person they blamed it all on was fat. But unfortunately, fats aren't fats. Um, they actually prevent inflammation. If you eat the right types of fat, it will it'll stop your body from being inflamed and you know it will also help regulate your blood sugar levels. So fats are very important for our hormone production. They do so much inside our bodies, which is so important. But you have to be careful what types of fat you eat because if you eat the wrong ones, Alex, it's like setting off a hand grenade inside your body. And once again, one of the things we have been lied about is these process oils, you know, these vegetable oils that were meant to be good for us, that were meant to lower cholesterol and were meant to, you know, help us be healthier. We now know that when these fats are actually cooked at high temperatures, they become rancid, they become oxidized, in, in, and they become, you know, damaging to our bodies and they cause inflammation. In actual fact, you know, a lot of people now in the United States, where I've just been speaking to these experts, believe that this is a bigger cause of bad health in our society than sugar and anything else combined because of the amount of damage that these oxidized fats are doing. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall.
1: And I know in part one, you're talking about inflammation is something so important to get under control and also insulin. And this is going to cause a one-two whammy effect of increasing inflammation and insulin resistance by having these cooked oils. So it's really bad when you want to try and avoid belly fat, as well as general health.
0: Certainly are. They give you the one, two, like you spoke about. And we were just lied to. We were told these polyunsaturated fats, you know, and these margarines, they created lower cholesterol and, you know, the jury's still out on, you know, cholesterol. But, you know, everyone was talking about, you know, these fats being the miracle cure of all things, you know, and all of a sudden they didn't really consider that, you know, they were bleached and they were, they were man-made. And guess what happened when they were heated to a certain, uh, heat? They become unstable. They become oxidized, mm. um, and that produced toxins and, and you know substances in your arteries, which in turn promoted inflammation throughout your entire body. You know, so if you really want to turn your body into a fat-burning furnace, you really need to cut out these oils. And they include safflower oil, peanut oils, um, sunflower oils, all them vegetable oils. And unfortunately, these are found in some of our favorite foods. You know, like French fries, pizza, chicken wings, and more startling in our kids' foods. Like if you go and have a look at what are in our kids' foods, they are using these shit cheap oils to make more money food companies, biscuits, muesli bars, you know, all these types of foods to increase shelf life and because they're cheap. So, you know, you really, really need to cut these oils out as quickly as you can and replace them with good oils like coconut oil and extra virgin olive oil and watch your belly fat melt away. You know, when you look at the statistics, you know, there was just a ridiculous study brought out questioning the health, you know, effects of coconut oil. But when you look at it, you know, in one study, Alex, coconut oil was found for men that just had 30 grams of it a day over four weeks to reduce their waist circumference by nearly three centimeters, which is massive. Yeah. So all they did was start to add some coconut oil, you know, into their cooking and into their lifestyles. And all of a sudden their belly fat shrunk. Now, the scary thing when I was in America and the big push in America is, is that there is some, you know, conspiracy theories going around now that the Italian mafia are actually making as much money out of the criminal activity of producing fake olive oil as they are from any other criminal (laughs) activity. So, they've seen where the money is. The mafia have gone, you know what, let's make fake uh, olive oil and they're actually producing vegetable oil and saying that it's olive oil. So, you know- it's something we haven't had to worry about in Australia. But when you're picking your olive oils, make sure that it's the real dark, nice one. It's in a dark bottle because we know that heat and light oxidizes oil. So and olive oil as well, we want to use it in the right setting. Pour it over your salads, but don't necessarily cook on high temperatures with it. Use things like butter, you know, preferably grass fed butter, some um, geese, um, and even, you know, some coconut oil. Um, or cook your foods at a lower temperature, you know, don't burn the shit out of it like most blokes we want to cook things in two seconds. So, mm. you know, and watch that belly melt away. But You know, it's really, really important that, you know, we really understand the dangers of these fats, you know, while, you know, fats were were seen as the demons and, and the bad child for a long time, and now it's sugar. We can't lose sight of the fact that, you know, getting the right types of fat are really important and being aware of the wrong types of fat is just as important.
1: Well, Adam, as we found out from part one, the goal is to be 80 centimeters for women, 94 centimeters for men around the stomach. So if you're eating coconut oil and you're dropping a few centimeters just by changing oils, you're on the right start. I only cook with ghee or coconut oil or I dress with virgin olive oil. And now I'm worried it's fake. However, I do, <laughs> I do use virgin coconut or uh, um, olive oil. Uh, so I can tell you as someone who does that, I really enjoy the way it tastes and the how you cook with it. And you will too. And you will forget about peanut oil and vegetable oil really, really quickly. The last hack for you in there is hack number six for part two of Dropping the Belly Fat it's to call cool the fat. Now, this is where Adam, I love you do this stuff. This is where the science really comes into yeah, it.
0: the nerdiness, the weirdness. So, you know, a lot of people love these sort of weird, <laughs> out of left field sort of hacks. And we, we spoke in an earlier episode of how to kickstart your day the perfect way. And we spoke about using contrast showers. If you haven't heard that episode, go back. It's a great one. It's how I start my day every single day. Most of the time, get most of them little hacks in. And, um, you know, one of the big things we spoke about was these contrast showers. Now, they've found that the benefits of hot and cold are just overwhelming. You know, you have a look at the Nordic countries and you have a look at their rate. Of you know things like uh, Alzheimer's disease and dementia, they're next to zero compared to you know a lot of the Western countries like Australia and New Zealand and America, where you know these uh, diseases are just crippling our society. And one of the big factors they've seen in these societies was their exposure to variances in temperature. So they use a lot of sauna and they use a lot of cold plunge pools. And the benefits of hot and cold now really coming to the main front. There's a guy called Wim Hof who's able to immerse himself in cold water as well. And he combines cold therapy. Oh, the Ice, the man. ice man! he combines cold therapy with breathing. So he's using both um, apparatuses to get huge health benefits. And he's got a huge cult following and he's an absolute freak. But to burn belly fat, you know, you may now have seen plastic surgery clinics now promoting this belly fat melting technique, which is called cold thermogenesis. So essentially what they're doing is they're going in and they're, they're actually burning people with coal on their bellies to melt away the fat. Um, there's other companies out there now that are actually selling cool gut buster vests where you strap the vest to your gut. A bit like the old days with the electronic abs. You remember the old six pack, you know, where you'd electrocute yourself and, and whatnot. And we now know that's BS. Yeah. But- um, This is the new yeah, one. Yeah, that the studies are based on, on something that was observed in a condition known as popsicle uh, penicillitis. And essentially what they did, they had children eat popsicles. And what they found was that the cold caused a penicillitis, which is essentially that the fat in their cheeks just exploded. It, 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 apoptosis happened, which means that it just dissolved the fat cell. So most of the time, what happens in our bodies is our fat cells are there forever. All they do is shrink in volume. So when all of a sudden you take in calories, they expand. And interestingly enough, Alex, if you have kids out there, be aware that our fat cells are mainly developed in our teenage years, in our adolescent years. So this is the key time to really make sure our kids' diets are really good because the amount of fat cells you develop in your adolescent years are going to determine how many fat cells you walk around for the rest of your life. That's why I'm so passionate about feeding our kids the right way.
1: Oh, no way. So if you're a fat kid like I was, you're going to be easily put fat on when you don't want to because the cell's are already there and they're waiting for it.
0: They are, but the exciting thing is now that they once thought that you couldn't kill these fat cells but we now know that fat cells can actually be exposed to apoptosis which is the death of a cell to never return again so one theory is is that you know the stomach fat produces the same response in our bodies as these fat cells in our cheeks do so what they're hoping to do is actually target these fat cells in our belly and cause them to die through cold exposure.
1: I've also started doing a lot of ocean swimming. And at the moment of recording this podcast, the water is bloody freezing. So hopefully as I'm doing it, my stomach fat is getting less and less. So that is excellent, (laughs) excellent (laughs) news for me.
0: Well, when you have a look at it, a journal study um, in the Nature Journal of Scientific Evidence found that exposure to cold temperatures actually also just doesn't kill fat cells but it can transform the type of fat cells that we have in our bodies so there's two types of fat cells as well apart from two types of fat there's there's obviously subcutaneous fat and there's visceral fat but there's actual types of fat cells and there's what we call brown fat cells and white fat cells now it's really interesting what happens is the brown fat cells uh, they're used by our bodies to produce energy when we're cold so when we're babies, we're covered in this brown fat cells because you know it's it's a temperature regulator. It allows our bodies to stay warm, this brown fat. But as we age, we start to lose that brown fat cells and they're replaced with white fat cells, which essentially are used just to store energy for us through food and whatnot. So that's fat that we store in our bodies that nobody wants. So being exposed to cold means that your body, not only shivers where you're going to burn calories as well, but it activates your body to make more brown fat cells. So they then, you know, increase in our body. And that means that our body's ability to burn fat increases as well. So that's pretty cool. Massive two
1: episodes there on the top six hacks to blast away your belly fat. Adam, in this episode, we covered on the following, just to recap, God, we've gone through a lot of stuff. First of all, exercise like our ancestors, and that breaks down into two parts, walking for two hours a day, and then 10 minutes of high-intensity exercise. Now, with the walking first, remember, walk in the morning on an empty stomach, or after you eat, straight after, or as close after as you can. Don't wait for a long time. Then when you're doing high intensity exercise, do um, concurrent training, or as Adam, you like to call it metabolic madness, where you're doing like push ups and pull-ups and then running on the spot. So you're doing aerobic with resistance training. The fifth hack was eating fat. Know the type of fats you should be having. So we want you to have coconut oil. That's a good, that's a good fat. We want you to have good things like avocado. We want you to have extra virgin olive oil. Avoid the bad oils, safflower, peanut, sunflower oil, vegetable oils, and then finally cooling the fat. So hot and cold contrast showers, cold pools, cold exercise, and even something called the cool gut blaster means that actually you can probably get rid of fat cells rather than just reduce them. And that all is down to the type of fat you have, brown fat versus white fat. Adam... I, I'm so excited to be back in the studio doing this and I've learned so much this is going to be a good season
0: well hopefully there's less belly fat out there after this episode and like I always say can't wait till next time Alex me too mate The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall is recorded in the studios of Podcast One produced by Alex Mitchell audio production by Nick Slater for more episodes head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.